As we move through the Advent season, as we just kind of begin it today, there's a number of figures that always show up, a number of people that always show up, whether it's in the readings or maybe if you have a, the Advent prayer book, there's, there's a handful of people that are always seem to be there. One of them is the prophet Isaiah, especially if you go to daily Mass and you read the first reading for daily Mass, that Isaiah's always there. He's this prophet that's anticipating the time for the Messiah to come to save God's people. And so we, we get a, a heavy dose of Isaiah during Advent. And then another one would be the final prophet. John the Baptist is a, a figure that's always present. Even this Sunday, the opening hymn we had on Jordan's Bank, the Baptist cry, that's about John the Baptist crying out that the Lord is, is coming. And even next Sunday, our gospel is about John the Baptist. And so he's one of this kind of this fascinating figure that just kind of shows up. He's kind of like a wild man that shows up on the scene and points out the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. On a side note, I always like to have a nasty-looking beard during Advent to kind of feel like I'm John the Baptist a little bit. That didn't go over at the 4.30 well either. I guess people really do think it's nasty. Uh, But so John the Baptist is there, and of course we have St. Joseph, our great patron, and during this year of St. Joseph, he's one that anticipates the coming of the Lord with with such kind of focus and such care and concern for Mary and for preparing a home for Jesus. So we have Isaiah, we have John the Baptist, we have Joseph, and as you might guess, there's one that stands out as an Advent figure better than anyone else, and that's Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary lived the first Advent so well, and she was, she's the image of Advent. She's the one that prepares not just her heart, but she prepares her womb, her house, her life, and the entire world for the coming of the Messiah. And if, as we reflect on Mary and we look at how she prepares and what that first Advent would have been like for her, it's kind of interesting to put ourselves in her shoes and to kind of think about, well, what's Mary going through as she's preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ, as she's preparing for a child? And you can think about all the different ways people prepare for their first child and what that's like. As there's all of the things like you got to come down with a budget. How are we going to provide for this child? And then all of, the, all of the necessary supplies. What are we going to do for a crib? What do we need to do for this room? And I can't even imagine what diapers would have been like in first century Palestine, right? You just can't go and get a pack of Pampers. I don't know burlap or how that all, how that works then. But then you can imagine what she's going through with just the fact of being pregnant, of being this 14-year-old, 15-whatever-she-is, young woman who's betrothed but not yet married, and kind of the eyebrows that that would raise, and wondering, well, what's Joseph's reaction going to be to this whole thing? And so the the anxiety, maybe, in Mary's heart, and the worry about what's going to happen with this child, and just everything that needs done. On Thanksgiving night, I talked to my, my younger brother on the phone, and he and his wife are expecting their first child. And he wasn't sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner. He was redoing a bathroom. And that's what you do when you're preparing for a child. to try to get as many projects and everything done. And you could imagine Mary and Joseph having to do something similar, just kind of this to-do list and everything that needed to happen to get ready for this child. And we get a glimpse of that. You know, that's the first Advent But our gospel today is about the second advent, the second coming of Jesus Christ. But yet the same attitudes are present in our own lives and to Jesus' hearers. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness, 
and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. That's the instruction Jesus gives, right? He recognizes that there's these anxieties of daily life. And that's something that Mary experienced. It's probably something that even Jesus experienced as he's truly human and something all of us experience. And there's even kind of two extremes or two different ways to live in Advent. On one hand, there's this this worry about daily life and all that we have to do. And we look out and we see, you know, a to-do list and people we need to buy gifts for and different social events we have to be at or we're expected to be at. And then even this warning that Jesus gives, that we become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness. Maybe another way to spend our Advent is just to avoid all of that kind of, maybe you might say, nonsense and just say, well, let's just have a good time and enjoy it, right? Who cares? And neither of those are are the way that we're supposed to live. Neither of those are the way to prepare for Jesus Christ. And even these two extremes can be the extremes of a spiritual life. You know, we all have to deal with our own shortcomings. We all have to deal with our own sins, our failures. And on one hand, we can get really worried and say, gosh, how could God ever love somebody like me? Right? We get burdened with our faults, our failures, our, our misdeeds. And then maybe there's the other hand where we just say, oh, it's a big deal, right? God will forgive me. I'm not going to worry about it. Let's just have a good time. Or just we become indifferent. And there's all of this kind of these extremes that sometimes we live in. And so all of our lives can be riddled with anxiety, and we get so focused on what we have to do. But I was talking to a friend recently who's, who's got a family. He's, he works kind of an important job. He's a supervisor, and he regularly has stress. He's regularly got things bog him down at work or trying to raise kids and, and please his wife and all of those different things that goes on with a life. And he read something that was incredibly insightful for his life about the stress that he was experiencing. And he shared this with me that stress really isn't necessarily a bad thing. He said, it means life is meaningful. If there wasn't anything that caused anxiety, if there wasn't anything that caused worry, then is there anything in our our lives that we're really doing that's worthwhile? He said that the stress showed him that his life was doing something important. That if it was just kind of easy and it was just kind of carefree, well, then he's like, maybe I'm just shirking my responsibilities and what I'm supposed to be doing. Granted, you don't want to be so worried about what's going on and have so much anxiety that you're just kind of laser focused and can't see the, the wider world. But he says it's a sign that life is worth living. It's a sign that life is important and it has meaning and there's a reason to get up every day. But it's what we do with that, right? That stress, those anxieties, how do we live that? Especially as we're in this Advent season, which can bombard us with so many different things that we we ought to do or that people expect of us. And of course, the answer to all of this, the anxieties of daily life, is to turn to Mary. She gives us an example. She shows us how to live in Advent. Maybe two related ways. First, Mary's a great example of prayer. As the tradition goes, Mary receives the angel Gabriel while she's at prayer, as she's reading, praying the Psalms. And then when she gets the message, later we hear that she's pondering everything in her heart. And even as she gives that great prayer, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, you can tell she's a woman just alive with God. She's one that's chewed over in her heart and in her mind what the Lord is asking of her. 
that she's in conversation with the Lord. But when that angel Gabriel does come to her and says, you know, you're going to be with child, what's the first thing that Mary does when the angel departs from her? You know, she doesn't kind of just say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to say something to Joseph? Maybe I should just say no, and maybe I was just a dream. The very first thing Mary does is she hears that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, and she thinks, Elizabeth's kind of old. I should probably go help her. And she takes off on the three-day journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth and help her get ready for the birth of John the Baptist. She's generous. She thinks of others. She cares for those in her life. And that's the way to a fruitful advent, prayer and generosity. Which really shouldn't be too surprising because that's exactly what the Lord tells us is the most important commandment. To love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That Mary just simply lives out the greatest commandment. She prays and she's generous. And so it might seem pretty straightforward what the Lord asks us to do this Advent. But I think we all know that it's something we really have to fight for. That a fruitful Advent, that one that's imitating Mary, that's dedicated to prayer and generosity, doesn't happen by accident. If we just kind of hope that it is going to be that way, it rarely just kind of happens on its own. It's really something we have to fight for, we have to work for, we have to plan for. To say, okay, this Advent, to have ten more minutes of prayer in the morning. Maybe to read the daily, the daily readings, or maybe to, do, to pray a rosary or something else. To take that time. And even as we look at all of the people we have to meet, maybe in generosity it's to say, I'm not going to worry about having the perfect food, or having the perfect Christmas decorations, or to have everything just spick and span. I'm going to worry about the person in front of me. I'm going to brew an extra cup of coffee and just simply ask them, how, how's their life going? What's going on? Or maybe ask them out to have a beer or whatever it may be, but to simply be generous and to kind and thoughtful to the people around us, to not worry so much about all the things we have to do or all the things on our calendars, but to know that the most important thing is the person that's in front of us, not the demands that are placed upon us. And so it's something that we can work for this Advent to be intentional about being people of prayer and people of generosity and turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary because she lived the first Advent so perfectly. And as we enter into this Advent and ultimately prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ, she shows us how to do it. Mary and her great example shows us how to prepare for the coming of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.